Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, Elson Runs and Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. We don't give a damn for the team up north. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the man seeking the opportunity to drink from the Apple Cup. And with me, as always, is AJ. Get a job, Cam Rising, Marchese. That was rude. Come on. Today, we're talking all the NFL draft prospects who smoked poked and choked during Week 12 of college football. Let's hit Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving out to Casey, maybe. Looking for Stroud or a Bryce Young. Who's going to wear a Hawaiian shirt today? Who's going to put ketchup on a stick? Who's going to find a steal? In the fifth, the home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by Victor E. Bull, the mascot for the Buffalo Bulls, the athletic teams of the University at Buffalo, the flagship of the State University of New York system in Buffalo, New York. That's a very wordy Wikipedia opening sentence for a mascot. Victor performs at Buffalo Bulls home football and basketball games. He was a cho- chosen as a member of the Capital One All-America mascot wow. team in 2002. Wow. Pretty cool. Oh, what happened to Bosco? Bosco was their original mascot. He died in 1957. Rest in peace, Bosco. Oh, and then they got a live bull for 13 years named Buster. Wait, what was Bosco if he wasn't a live bull? A bison head. Uh, okay. Um, I don't know. <laughs> and with that, we move on. Uh, before we get into the nitty gritty of it all, we get a fired head coach alert. A man's lost a job. <laughs> His family has to move. It's not funny. It's not funny. Dino Baber's out at Syracuse. Him and his cool shirts gone. Uh, th- this one hurts. Lo- love we love us some Dino. Um, we love them shirts too. They were they're spectacular. He's got. I mean. Look, his second career is easily as a Nike model because he was killing those tops, man. Um, they were sweet. Um, I don't know. Overall, though, Baber's uh, tenure at Syracuse was more down than up. But, hey, he always played Clemson tough, and I think that's saying something. 
It always felt like they were going to turn a corner. Yeah. Was, what was it? The one year with Eric Dungy? Yeah. They, yes. they, they won like 10 games. And that kind of saved his job for several years afterwards. Yeah. Um, but never quite did. There's a couple of really interesting. I, I thought of the open jobs, this might have like the most interesting realistic group of candidates. I have not read the uh, article yet, so lay it on me. Okay, well, Doug Marone's in it. I saw, I saw, I saw that in the tweet, which is amazing. Yeah. But again, Bruce Feldman, he knows what he's doing. He's always going to put one that's really funny. Um, I love retreads. Uh, a couple of the actual good ones. Sean Lewis, who mm-hmm. obviously really weird situation uh, with uh, Colorado, but show what he could do at Kent, Kent State. But also a Dino Babers disciple, yep. if you remember. He was the offensive coordinator at Bowling Green under Babers. Yep. Um, Jason Candle, which makes a whole lot of sense to me, to lead yep. as head coach. Kurt Signetti, James Madison's head coach. Uh, and Alex Atkins, Florida State's offensive coordinator. Those were the ones that specifically stood out to me. There was, yeah. there was a couple other really interesting ones, but I thought um, Jason Candle would be the one I'd be going after but he might be able to get a better job yeah it feels like it's time for candle to land a bigger one right um agree with you I, I think i think candle or lewis are good hires i think that makes a lot of sense i think lewis lewis was there at cuse as well right and i went for what for a year i think um i think both of those make a lot of sense um no that's i mean but when you can't doug marone back in town doug marone, 25 and 25 syracuse head coach that's that's all you need uh okay a whole heap of senior bowl mm. acceptances. I'll do the offense first. You know the drill. Uh, South Carolina's Spencer Radler. Florida's Ricky Persall. Arizona's Jacob Cowing. Arizona's Jordan Morgan. Duke's Graham Barton. Miami's JV and Cohen. UConn's Christian Haynes. And West Virginia's Zach Frazier. This offensive line group is is uh, starting strong, Rob. This looks like a hell of a group. Um I mean, uh, let's talk about two here. Zach Frazier's got a chance to be the first center drafted. Big fan of his. Um, I want to. I'm excited to see how he looks there. I think he'll kick ass. And uh, how about Jordan Morgan? Uh, I think that's yeah. that's one of the highlights. Going to be interesting. There's some talk that some teams view him on the inside. To me, he, he, from what I've seen, you know, I haven't you know evaluated him hardcore yet. But uh, I think he's got the goods to stay outside yeah. in the NFL. Um, potential a guy who could potentially end up going in the first yep. round with a strong senior bowl week. Absolutely. Um, and speaking of kicking inside, Graham Barton, Duke's left tackle, will likely be playing inside in the NFL. And this is a great spot for him. He played center at Duke, too. This is yep. a great spot for him to get some reps at center. Show the versatility. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then with Frazier, I think, like, if he can hold up in one-on-ones, because we've often seen that type of center kind yeah. of struggle in one-on-ones with power and, and anchoring, I think, man, like... He, he seems like the type of guy who a lot of people will have as, like, a top 40 prospect, but he, he, he goes, like, 65th, and everyone's like, that's a steal. Yeah, to, like, you know, a team that, <laughs> you know, is just an offensive line factory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, Rattler being there is going to be really fun. It is, yeah. It's gonna, it's really interesting. I think, you know, we talked personal uh, last week, I think, and it's a solid receiver guy. He could be a riser coming out of uh, Mobile. Defensive side of the ball, 
We got Texas to Fondre Sweat, Florida State's Braden Fisk, Missouri's Darius Robinson, North Carolina's Cedric Ray, Missouri's Chris Abram Strain, Toledo's Quinion Mitchell, Washington State's Chow Smith Wade, and Maryland's Bo Braid. Hey, more Bo Braid later, I think, from both of us probably mm-hmm. on this show. Um, so we'll, you know, we'll get some Braid later. Um, that's a good – look, this is a great senior bowl class, Rob. It's looking really good. Um, I think maybe a guy that – there's quite a, quite a few headliners there, but I think Chris Abrams' drain, the Mizzou corner, is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, focusing on him last week in the in the Vols game, he was kind of in duty on that long, kind of crazy touchdown that, that Milton hit. But, no, he's an interesting guy. I like him a lot. Pretty good size. Um, I think that's a guy that could rise big coming out of Mobile, too. Uh, speaking of corners, I think Toledo's Quinion yeah. Mitchell is a potential first-round pick. He's a yeah. guy who I think Got some of the best uh, cover instincts in the class, some of the best eyes in zone coverage playing off. And he's had a hell of a year. If you've been watching Maxim football, he pops every week. Yeah. Um, he has a chance to be the first Mac player drafted in the first round since like 2017 or 2018. Uh, I think I'm going to end up m- m- maybe first round's rich for a lot of people, but I think he's trending that way. I think so too. I definitely think so. Um, yeah, more on Bo Braid in a bit, but Darius Robinson has also been incredible, I think incredible this year, and uh, a guy whose production might not match his talent. Yeah, no, Robinson's been awesome. It's, like, that, that whole Mizzou team's been a hell of a lot of fun to watch. Again, this is a hell of a crop down in Mobile. Yeah. For, I mean, it always starts that way, so we'll see, but... I know, but we can get excited, right? Nagy's announcing all these interviews... Oh, wow. Extending the interview time and amounts is so sick. Um, going to the East-West Shrine Bowl now. Uh, a crop offensive lineman and a punter. Kansas State's uh, KT Leviston says to go to State's Garrett Greenfield and Mason McCormick. North Dakota State's Jalen Sundell. And then Vanderbilt punter Matthew Hayball. Hayball's a dog. Uh, I, think, I think Greenfield is really interesting. A uh, guy we, we were fond of over the summer. Uh, that's a good get. I think that's a guy that could be a big riser through the process. Um, and McCormick was a guy who I think we both had as our highest, one of at least our highest rated FCS prospects in the class. So I, I, I think he's going to um, look really good in team drills where he's just a monster when asked to pull. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Hayball was an FAU transfer. I didn't realize that. He's been good. He's yeah. really four good? carries for 42 yards. Yeah. <laughs> That's sick. All right. Let's get into our college football week 12 superlatives, starting with the best freshman. I'm going to kick us off. I got a lot of Pac-12 talk this week. And uh, Noah Fafita has been, like, taking the Pac-12 by storm as Arizona's mm-hmm. quarterback. He's got Jed Fish's program ranked. They quietly kicked Utah's ass at 2 p.m. on Saturday with nobody watching because they believe yeah. he's on the Pac-12 network. And uh, Fafita just looks like he's going to be one of those quarterbacks where I, it's hard to gauge how real a prospect he'll end up being because he's so small. But, man, he's freaking electric. Yeah. Um, he's a really good decision maker. He's got the mobility to make plays out of structure. And, like, he's put together an incredible year. He's kind of been the catalyst. I know Zona's got a couple prospects highlighted by the fact that they got a couple going to the senior bowl um but i think fafita's been the catalyst from taking them to the like maybe a a, a six seven win team this Mm -hmm. year to potentially a nine win team yeah i mean look in in a in a lot of pac-12 seasons 
this this Arizona team probably like would have had a shot at a at a championship, you know, championship like birth at least in the game. Uh, unfortunately for them, this is a great great Pac-12 this year, and yeah, Favita's been awesome. This whole Arizona, like like you said, like since he's taken over, this whole. Um, we talked about Arizona last week. Their office is so much fun. And then, yeah, you throw in the guys that are draftable and, and Morgan and Cowing. Um, they've been awesome. Yeah, Fafita's been great. I think they're a lot of fun. And hopefully he won't have to, like, do too much fundraising to keep the program afloat. forgot about that. <laughs> uh, who you got? <laughs> uh, speaking, you were talking about pulling earlier, and I thought uh, highlighted by that. I only have one freshman. I thought it was a strong sophomore week, though. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Miami tackle Francis uh, Maui Goa. I cannot say his name, but he's a absolute absolute monster. Obviously, six six three fifteen was a big time recruit. Um, you know, landing with Cristobal was huge, and he uh, he's looking unreal. You saw the one play. I'm sure we just got out in front on that on that long touchdown run. We got about like I don't know fifteen yards downfield, and just yeah. threw the DB another ten yards. It was unreal. Flashing the athleticism is already that big as a true freshman. Um, he looks like the real deal. I mean, I don't know what else to say there. Um, yeah, he he's supposed to be like a future top fifteen pick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I think there was like Sewell comments when he was coming out in his recruiting, at least. And his brother plays linebacker too. So yep, that makes sense. Francisco, yeah. Uh, going to best sophomore. Uh, I'm gonna head back to Arizona where. Uh, Titerwa? How do you say it, AJ? I I know you've asked me before. but I had it, and now I I don't know. But say his last name, please. McMillan, the Arizona receiver, who's been, uh, I believe he's the biggest recruit in program history, and he's totally lived up to it. Yeah. Along with Fafita, again, uh, just catalyst for this turnaround. Um, As a freshman at eight touchdowns, 700 yards, leveling up this year, has nearly 1,000. Was giving it to Utah's corners, and Utah's got a couple DBs who are going to play in the NFL one day. And, man, he just – his change of direction skills for a bigger receiver, really impressive. Uh, can win vertically, play, plays above the rim. Um, he, he was just popping. He pops every week. He's awesome, yeah. Arizona seems like they're going to be that, like um... – that like easy money bowl game pick where they play like a bigger SEC team where they have like a bunch of prospects, you know, they're coming out and like that maybe Vegas doesn't catch up too much and the line's close and you just hammer that. That's my pick of the week is Arizona in, in, in a month. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was a like strong week for sophomores, but you, you went pack, I'll go pack. How about UCLA running back TJ Harden kind of carrying the load for the Bruins? Oh man, big boy moving really well out of buck 42 on the ground and a touchdown. Uh, touchdown receiving as well. I think, they, what do they got him, like 6'2", 220 inches, something like that. Got some Zach Charbonnet in him, who's also leading the charge for the Seahawks. Um, it's, got, he, it's kind of like more a little more lankier build. and But, yeah, Harden looks like a has a – I mean, remains to be seen as the coach is going to be going forward, but it looks like he's legit. Yeah, I'm with Feinbaum. Uh Keep chip. Chip's not the yeah. Chip's not the head coach in LA who should be on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll stick in the Pac-12 and I'll go to to a different running back. How about Oregon State's Damian Martinez, yeah. who in a losing effort against Washington, just carrying the load. He's been kind of the the focal point, I think, yeah. of Jonathan Smith's offense in Corvallis. Big rugged running back, buck twenty three and two scores. 
guy's been just like it's the contact balance and the physicality you're talking about zach charbonnet i mean yeah he's got that that kind of mold to him too not quite as tall but he packs a punch um, i love martinez yeah he's yeah, so much fun yeah he's awesome that all like i don't know why they don't just run dju and martinez every single <laughs> every single play it's hard to fucking stop they're a lot of fun um I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the Big Ten. I thought uh, Maryland linebacker Jay Sean Barham uh, was kind of was kind of shining against Michigan. Uh, had that interception of the goal line. Bad play by the quarterback. I mean, more there later, but just a good, <laughs> great catch. Just sticking his mitts up there, using all of that 6'4", 233 frame to grab it. Uh, it was kind of all over the field, making a lot of plays. But with that size, pretty good athlete, making plays in space. I think that's someone to watch for the Terps going forward. Um, I'll go with Colorado's receiver, receiver, Travis Hunter. Okay, Colorado's so over. What are you talking Colorado? He had a sick touchdown catch against Washington <laughs> State. Four for 82 in that score. A wicked adjustment. He beat the corner right off the line. It was not a good throw and it came late. But, man, his his body control. He's yeah. like Gumby. It's in... I tweeted it out, and the amount of people who said he should be playing receiver, it just, the more I see of it, the more I'm convinced, like, I think there's more value in him as a corner if if he's, like, that top-tier level of corner prospect. I just don't know that we've seen that, and I think the fact that he plays receiver all the time hinders that because yeah. he's gassed. Yeah. But uh, it's going to be a really interesting conversation come next year. Yeah, I don't know. It really will be. I, I what? I don't. I wonder, but I, th- I think I know the answer to. Do they just commit to him at one position? I don't think they do. I think they Dion just let won't. Uh, Dion won't. I totally agree with you. Now, will Dion be head coaching? I will. But. Well, well, Travis can be playing Texas and Emma. <laughs> yeah, I don't. No, I think you keep rolling. I mean, I, it's a lot of fun, and um, yeah, Hunter's just a freak. It's it's fun to get a guy that you know was a was a top recruit and it's like obvious why you know right away. I know he's had yeah. a year in college, but you know what I mean. Um, okay, we're let's, we're talking Texas with your second there. How about you've talked about him? SMU quarterback Preston Stone. Watch that Memphis mm-hmm. game. Yeah, I, absolutely. I think he keeps flashing and keeps catching my eye too. And okay. looks like the guy that like a guy that's the real deal. And we'll be talking about him uh, next year for real. And I think looked good like two eighty six two touchdowns. Didn't really like. Like, it wasn't, like, a bunch of, like, amazing plays, but, like, just very solid and consistent. Not the biggest quarterback, but uh, decently put together and just uh, poised and gets the ball out. I, I like him, yeah. there's I think there's a lot to work with there. Yeah, and, like, I, again, I think he's the biggest recruit in program history. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, will Brett Lashley be at SMU? I don't know. Maybe he follows Lashley to the Power 5. Lashley gets a P5 job. Mm-hmm. Calling shot. The, the, yeah, well, when the portal opens, none of these players we've talked about at these <laughs> non-blue blood schools will be there anymore. Yeah, it's um, But, hey, I got a, a blue blood uh, sophomore. Dylan Bell. That's George my receiver. last one, too. Yeah. Oh, he he was popping, eh? He was. He, for real, yeah. Um. Yeah, it looked early. And, like, he's like he's a pretty well-built receiver. I think he's, like, 6'1", 210-ish or something like that. Can't make him play after play. Uh, 90 yards and a touchdown against Tennessee. Yeah, I know. Really interesting guy. To, like, you go. Go ahead. Sorry, I jumped your. I jumped your. I shoes was just gonna there. say yeah. we're in eighty six at Georgia, looking like Heinz Ward, and Heinz didn't wear eighty six there. But I'm just saying, people forget Heinz Ward played at Georgia. I I do. I think I do. 
And he played quarterback, receiver, and running back yeah. in Georgia. Um, that's all. I, I just want to bring up Heinz Ward. So. No, we can move on. I, San Antonio Braham, Brahma's uh, head coach. <laughs> Legendary San Antonio Brahma's head coach, yeah. Should Heinz Ward be in the Hall of Fame? This is a discussion. I, to me, yeah, but it's also, there's so many receivers, you know. Yeah, but he's 1,000 yards, 12,000 uh, 12, yards, and was the best blocking receiver in NFL history. I think he is. I, I think so. Two rings? Okay, thanks. That's all I wanted. Weekday Warrior. You say, you say you don't want me talking about Colorado. What about if I talk about them in a negative light? Fine. Washington State Edge duo Ron Stone and Brennan Jackson. Ron Stone had a couple strip sacks. Brennan Jackson returned two fumbles for touchdowns <laughs> against Colorado. 40-yarder and a 74-yarder. Uh, Colorado quite literally has the worst offensive line I've mm-hmm. ever seen in the Power Five. Um, and Stone and Brennan Jackson are two guys who have a chance to play in the NFL. Uh, yeah. Stone more of that um, twitched up speed rusher. Jackson more of a, a bigger body power rusher. Duo's pretty good there. I'm I'm excited to see what they can do against the Washington tackles, who are both future NFL players in the Apple Cup. I think uh, I don't know. There could be an upset brewing in the Apple Cup. Just, just, just feeling it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just feeling it. Big line and everything. I don't know, I'm just feeling it, Rob. Um, you know what I was feeling as well? Watching my uh, beloved Meat Meat Roadrunners um, <laughs> against the the Mighty Bulls of USF. I, look, the, the UTSA kind of had a bit of a slow start, but now they're full speed ahead against Tulane on Friday. Frank Harris had just a, just a record performance for them. Uh, 4-11 passing, three touchdowns, and another 112 on, on the ground, and three more touchdowns was awesome. Just like not like they've been poor, but you know I haven't I haven't been focused too much on them. It kind of like lost a little steam early, right? You know, falling to uh, who was Army yeah, and Frank was hurt. Starting Frank was banged up. Too, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now he's back. He's looking great. This is you know his final games at uh, at the Alamo Dome. It's special and uh, pairing him with Dante Cephas, uh, not Dante Joshua Cephas. His receiver, nine catches, a buck 63. Always looks good for them, too, a touchdown. Um, yeah, they were just so much fun watching that offense, and it's fun to see them back kind of yeah, kicking I, ass. I put Cephas for prospect. It made me look stupid because I didn't think he was – I know DeCorian Clark ended up not playing this year because of injury, mm-hmm. but I didn't like think Joshua Cephas was necessarily going to kind of level up to this, this degree and yeah. become a legit NFL guy, but like he could be at the Shrine Bowl. Yeah. Um he's so explosive. He definitely Verti- is. vertically and after the catch. Um, he's fun. And then Frank Harris. Man, he I feel like because the first um the the first two years of his career, like he was kinda like he was playing, but like I don't know. It just feels like he's underrated. He's he one is. of the best and most exciting group of five quarterbacks we've had in recent memory. Yeah. Like, he's put together, I, I know this year a little bit down, but, like, 21-22, like, incredible in the Conference USA. And yeah. he's got them competing still. Like, they could win the AAC if they beat Tulane this week and uh, reach the championship. It's, I don't know. He, I'm going to miss Frank Harris. Me Wearing too. that number zero is sick, too. It is. <laughs> it is. Um... Who do you have for your best offensive prospect? I thought it wasn't like a like a big time. This is my guy week, but um, I think a guy that could have won it last week and could have won it a lot of weeks. I'm just going with Roma Dunze because I just love watching him play, I thought, man. I thought you would, so I went somewhere else. But he is, appreciate that. 
uh, especially in a game where like nobody else was really on outside of Damian Martinez. No, no, nobody else in the passing game was really doing no. anything. No, and it, he was the difference in a, in a close game in a in an awful weather game too, right? And the wind, the rain, and he was yeah seven catches, a buck of six, two touchdowns, and just a special. Like it's crazy to me that like. Okay, let's just let's just say he's the third receiver off the board. It's crazy to me that th- that type of talent is going to be the third receiver off the board. You know, like like he can be the fourth receiver off. The he, board. Maybe, yeah, maybe. That's why it's just like crazy that he's going to be someone's like consolation prize to a consolation prize to a consolation because he's so fucking good. He'd be wide receiver one in a lot of classes. I think um, last year he would have been right. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, yeah, yeah. Him and him and yeah, I think he would have been. It's just like through, I think. Look, remember we were talking about him late last year when we we're like, "Well, he's only a sophomore, a redshirt sophomore, but he could declare, and if he does, he's going to shoot up the board." And I think he would have. And obviously, he came back. He's been one of the best players in college football. Um, the offense has been unreal. But like, this is a week where like he was the dude. You know, we've seen weeks where Penix is slinging all around the yard, and you know, uh, Polk has been great, and and so forth. But he was just the the man, no. and both both touchdowns More. were just awesome. Yeah, the the one, the first one, just the the uh, the violence in that room. Yeah, room. yeah, just this yep. separation he made off that was unreal, and then the second was the deep shot, and I think yeah, like, like you said, the violence in the route and the separation he can make there was so impressive. But but then the second one was like in the other way he wins is which like at the catch point, where like just he makes such so well. Yeah, he, he tracks the ball so well. The adjustments are unreal. The body control is unreal, and like he just creates separation that way. It's almost like he can just. You know, wait till the last second and kind of like read the ball, like you said, track the ball mm-hmm. immediately and let the DB go astray and then finish. Yeah, he's unreal. And, and he's gonna run sub sub four five for sure. For sure, yeah. there's rumors he could run sub four four. Yeah, I, like I wouldn't be shocked. And at that size, it's unreal. Um, I, I went a different direction in the Pac-12. I went with Jordan Morgan against Utah. Yeah, there he we... was money shutting down that Utah pass rush, one of the best in the country. Yep. They didn't get anything going. They have one sack, didn't come against him. Uh, he's he's more coming into the season. He was more known for what he can do in the run game with his his power and his mauling ability, and he, he moves really well to the second level. But I think, and you mentioned this earlier, like you think he'll stick outside, and I mm-hmm. think. Be, because of the way he's kind of leveled up in pass protection this year, he's just he's not that he's like so laterally explosive for mirroring or whatever. It's more to do with he's so balanced and he's powerful punch. He plays really controlled in pass protection. And I think against a Utah group that kind of plays with its hair on fire and has a bunch of due to well, at least sniff the NFL. I, I mm-hmm. thought it was just really impressive. And, and again, I just feel like like Arizona blew the doors off you, a ranked Utah team, yeah. and nobody was really watching. It's a team that's always tough to beat. Like no, no matter how good they are, and they're they're good. Um, yeah, I think Morgan like leveled up as a pass protector last year, and and he's only gotten better this year. And I, I agree. Like I think, I think the only thing that's going to keep him from being a first round pick is that there's so many tackles and. He's he's definitely a top fifty guy. Um, I think it's just like, I think I think he's going to generate massive buzz coming out of Mobile. Uh, I think he's going to be a huge riser. Who's your defense prospect of the week? Kind of, there's a couple guys, but I thought obviously it had to be Nate Wiggins this week because he's just a he's just a fucking dog. Obviously had that play that uh, I should never have tweeted because we just have people arguing for the last three days Seven about pounds. it. Uh, but what an amazing play chasing down Hampton. Uh, right at the goal line, ripping the ball out just before he crossed. That was unreal. That was just 
showing that speed and that effort was amazing. And then just the ability to, you know, stab that ball out against one of the best backs in the country. Awesome play. And then obviously had the uh, game ceiling interception on May where he just was playing off and just read the route, jumped it, I don't know, the second the ball left the, the fingertips of May and iced the game. And yeah, it just, Wiggins is unreal. And I think this corner class has been just so, I don't know, so strong the last couple of weeks, you know, and we're getting a couple of guys kind of coming I'm out gonna, from the woodworks too. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to say too, I, I think you could even go with Wiggins versus Devontae Walker as a prospect versus prospect I, matchup. I kind of did. I was gonna, I'm gonna, My prospect prospect matchup, UNC offense and Clemson defense. So I cheated. Because like, yeah. on one of the deep shots from Drake May, I think Devontae Walker had Nate Wiggins beat and Wiggins got away with a little something. Yeah. Kind of hacking at his arm. And I think it yeah. been six. Um, there, there was another one where Wiggins didn't really locate the football. But, like, this is not the sh- shit on Nate Wiggins. This is more to talk, talk about, about Devontae Walker. Walker yeah. is I so totally explosive. agree. Walker was awesome. Nate, Nate Wiggins is going to be one of the most athletic corners at the combine. And, like, Walker was out explosiving him. It, look, I, I look. We talked about this last week or the week before, but it just feels like Walker. Um, obviously, with all the bullshit with the NCAA, just and like how great this class is, he's kind of getting forgotten. But he's gonna rise huge. Yeah, and really, my best. That was my prospect for prospect matchup, but I needed to put Wiggins here too. So, yeah, no, I stretch it. I, I I thought Walker is unreal. He, I mean, and 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 despite missing those games, like Walker is. 670 yards in seven <laughs> games. Ridiculous, yeah. Six touchdowns. He, he's been one of the most consistent receivers in the country since he's been on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I went, you mentioned him earlier. I went with Bo Braid. Yeah, love it. Uh, top shoot up the board, baby. He, like, single-handedly at one point was keeping Maryland in this game. <laughs> yeah. Had 11 tackles, a TF, TFL, a PBU on that uh throw that was nearly picked yeah uh, with jj went to the tight end in the flats yeah um i thought maybe most impressively was because one of my big concerns with him this year was not coverage it was his take on skills his ability to come up and make tackles in space and he was he was getting into the back line scrimmage and, yeah. and making plays on jj and on uh blake Corum. I, th- I honestly thought he had two tfls watching the game live i, I guess too. i guess the first one was at the line of scrimmage or something mm-hmm. i think it was the first snap of the game right we just shot down. Um, yeah, he looked awesome playing around the line of scrimmage. It was just timing Michigan's run game so perfectly and getting to the backfield. The upgrade was awesome. It was my top shoot of the board. Um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and now getting him at the Senior Bowl, yeah. um, he's going to be one of the, the top. And it's not a great safety class either. Nope. He's going to be one of the top uh, day two, I think. He, he could come out of the Senior Bowl as the top guy there. He could go into it as the top guy there, you know? It's pretty wide open. I mean, yeah. Off the top of my head, who, who's the top safety in this class? Like it's open. I think some people would say Cameron Kinchins yeah. the interception numbers, and he added that this year or this week. Sorry, um, but Newbin. I also think he. Yeah, I, I think Tyler Newbin's the probably going to be my top safety heading into the Senior Bowl. But like all three of those guys could end up uh, being uh, top fifty picks. Yeah, yeah. And Newbin uh, hopefully is at the Senior Bowl as well. Hopefully. Um, going to shooting up the board. I had Roma Dunze, but I also had a pair of Washington defenders. I thought Jabbar Muhammad was so good in this game against Oregon State. He was, yeah, he did. And I think I know who the other defender is too, because I have another one here too. Go ahead, though. Trice. Yeah, Trice was awesome. Trice the maniac. Yeah, he's Um, been unreal the last three or four weeks. I'll talk about Muhammad, and I'll throw it to you for Trice. Uh. But, man, like, Muhammad, who is an Oklahoma State transfer, who I was yeah. real high on coming into the year. Um, 
Dar was just shut down. Uh, he finished with two PBUs, two picks, uh, recovered a fumble, um, and it's his. his he is like kind of similar to what I was saying about Quinion Mitchell. Like he's just so good in off coverage when he has his eyes on the quarterback and, and can just read and react. Um, his eyes are really good. He's very disciplined in his own coverage. Uh, but I also think this year he's shown more in man coverage, like with his mirroring, his footwork's really crisp. And he's a smaller corner. He mm-hmm. he, he might be a, a nickel candidate because he's a he's he's not like super physical at the catch point. And I, I he's been a little hit or miss in terms of tackling, but um, he's kind of that classic Washington undersized corner. <laughs> he is, he is, and it's cool that they got him on a transfer and it wasn't you know homegrown and a new uh, regime there. Obviously, they just keep they just keep making it happen. It's fun, um, and yeah, Trice Trice keeps making it happen the last few weeks. I think like a couple of last weeks could have been outplay the box score. Not this week because he was putting the numbers up. Had a sack, two and a half TFLs. Um, that one where it's just like, a, I don't know, it was like maybe like a negative eight-yard run where you're just like instantly in the backfield just, just looks so, uh, like you said, a maniac and the flashing athleticism. Trace has been awesome. And a guy like I thought maybe started a little slow this season but um, has, has elevated big time and uh, looks like a force down the stretch. Um, I'm going to go to Georgia quarterback Carson Beck. How's that make you feel? I don't know, but let's talk about it. 20 of 30 for 298, three scores against Tennessee. Um, he's not he's bad. Just, he's yeah. really efficient. He's like, yeah. he's not doing anything that's making you like go Get excited. holy shit like Drake May or, or Caleb Williams or yeah. or even like camera moored every once in a while um but, <laughs> yeah, the big three but, but, yeah but he's mr consistent like his foot yeah, is yes. really good he operates in the pocket really well he's very poised um i think he's a little more athletic than i thought mm-hmm. i agree with you i think that was my bigger takeaway this week watching him yeah like a couple of good plays that he, he used his legs on that i was like yeah this, need to see more of that like, consistently and you know before the game earlier uh last week i i, I sat down and i watched some some actual tape on him and I came away thinking he's kind of like a Derek Carr type of day two quarterback prospect to me who could be an NFL starter if everything comes together well. And well, be, he, has, he doesn't have any like exceptional trait to me. And now, yeah. mind you, I, I haven't like dug dug in, but it, coming away off of tape, I was thinking that was my call. If it would be interesting if he was in a, a you know. Not a stacked quarterback class. Um, it'd be interesting to see if he goes back. I don't. You know what I mean. I know. I know there's top fifty talk, but why not go back? If you know it's Georgia, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I still haven't, you know, dug it. I've watched a lot of the Georgia games this year. He, he doesn't do anything that, like you said, like he doesn't do anything that gets you really excited. But he just um, he just keeps getting the job done. Um, I think seeing him, you know, the SEC championship game and. Against those, the, you know, Kool Aid and and Arnold and the top dogs there, and get and into the playoffs is gonna be really interesting. And that can kind of, I'm not gonna say make or break his stock, but maybe the difference between him like saying, "Yeah, I'm coming out, I look like I'm going top fifty lock," or going back and um, still being one of the top quarterbacks going to next year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of top quarterbacks, this one was eating up Caleb. <laughs> this player was eating up Caleb Williams, and that's Latu Latu who. I don't know. I don't want to call him underrated at all because he's obviously a first-round type of guy, but it still feels like he's a little underappreciated. I think it's still people kind of holding off on the injuries and whatnot. But week in, week out, he's he's 
one of, if not the best pass rusher in the country. Like he just. On, I'll say that on tape, he is a, a top fifteen player in this class. Yeah, absolutely. I, I exactly, and I just he keeps doing everything he can to put himself there, and that's that's all he can do. And you know that. The injury history aside, he can't control that. He just keeps playing his damn ass off in another two-sack game. I did not realize how dominant his numbers are this year. Yeah. No, he's been 20 on... 20 and a half TFLs, 13 sacks. Yeah, I feel like those sack numbers could have been bigger. Like, he's just constantly in the backfield. Um, I don't know. I don't know if any pass rushers play better than him this year. I don't I don't think they have. So, just like, he feels like he's, a, he's still not getting enough credit. The him versus Dallas Turner conversation, I think, is really interesting because Latu is more of the technician, yeah. more of the explosive upside. I, like right now, if you were to ask me, I think I think Turner goes over him, and I'm fairly I we'll, confident. But, but I feel like we'll come away being like, we prefer Latu. Yeah, I know. I, I, I don't disagree. I, I do already, but yeah. Um, going to uh, I'll give you a running back. Trivion Henderson, I think. Can be running back one in this class. Yeah. The medicals check out. Yep. He did it again against Minnesota. Buck 46, two scores. Had a huge run where he just looked for a touchdown. Where he just looked so... Like, the contact balance and the lateral agility really stood out. I, I get the Dalvin Cook vibes. Um, he cashed my bet, more importantly. <laughs> but, uh, basically, since he... Like, since the Notre Dame game... Yeah. And he missed three games in between, mind you. But he's just been on a, a tear. He's yeah. gone for over 100 yards in four of his last five games, and just unbelievable. I think he set himself above the rest in terms of the running back group. Um, like you said, it, medicals have to check out, and he's, you know, Brooks obviously went down with an ACL injury as well, Then he looked like he was, you know, emerging there too. But no, I think, you know, I think we talked about earlier this season that one of these guys would kind of emerge, and, I'm, you know, I don't think he's a first-round pick by any stretch. Um I'm not even sure if I, I think he's a top 50 guy, but he's definitely in that conversation. Um, yeah, I, again, I, I agree with you, though. I think he's he's top dog, and I think it's going to be hard for him to uh, lose that mantle. Um, I, I can give you another run back. I just want to sneak him in here. Devin Neal was really good against Kansas State in a situation where Kansas had to go to their third-string quarterback and run wildcat a lot. So Kansas State was, like, <laughs> like keying in on Devin Neal, and he still ran for buck 38 and three scores. Like, he is just the... North South one Kyle Shanahan type of zone runner. Yeah, no, he's he's solid. I again, I didn't give him enough credit in the summer. I think neither of us, right? Um, okay, I'll give you, I'll give you a couple more guys. I'll give you a couple more. I know it was oh, just whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, you, I didn't give enough credit you, you were did not. Yeah, we both were. Well, like, what if I had a third round grade? I don't remember. You didn't. I remember. I remember talking about Neil because he was. This guy we were like high on, like or you know supposed to be high on. But him. we made up for it by being way too high on Jalen Daniels. <laughs> no, we talk about QB one going into next year. Okay, speaking of Jalen, I'm going to put Jalen right. I know he had the you know a lot of his yards came on that 75 yard touchdown, but it was a 75 yard touchdown against Georgia, and I just feel like he doesn't get talked enough about. Like Not we at just all. we just we're talking about the running back group. It's wide open. I know I think Henderson's that dude at the top, but. After that, there's about I don't know ten backs that you could put in the you know next four or five. Um, I'm not sure if Wright's right there, but he he's he's you know he's he's he should be in the conversation a little bit more. Ninety yards total and a touch and that touchdown, but he's been awesome this year. He's crazy burst. He does, and I think that's uh that sells, baby. Um, I'll finish off with two DBs. Um, going back to Michigan, 
Mike Sanders still is one of the top like pure nickel prospects in this in this draft. Um, you constantly see the X wide receiver like ball skills, two picks against Maryland. Um, just great feel on that first one. Like just kind of sat under the route and ate it up, and then the deep interception where like the, the wind killed the throw, but great tracking ability. Love Sanders still. He feels like kind of like that dude on the Michigan defense at times. And you mentioned him already, Ken Kitchens. I just thought that pick was so great. Like just the range and the ability to make the play on the ball was awesome. Yeah, he's he's uh, a bit of a liver by safety, but he man, is. He, yeah, he, when he gambles, it, it tends to work. He does. Yeah, I don't think like, that that pick was not a gamble. That he just saw that no. all the way. No, I know you're not he's saying it was. Rangy. I just yeah, that's just big time. Like eleven interceptions in two seasons. Like I feel like that's unheard of in college football. Yeah, these days. Um, speaking of safety, uh, Andrew Makuba, I thought looked pr- pretty good mm-hmm. at, uh, against North Carolina. I put him down. Um, just a, a, a con like a guy who's been asked to play a lot of nickel this year, and ha- it's it's looked good. He's looked good, yeah, totally agree. Um, and then I put Jared Wiley, who was just a mismatch and nightmare against Baylor down the seam. Yeah, like, baby. T- TCU was down seven nothing in the second quarter and blew out Baylor because they just started going to Jared Wiley every play. Went for a buck seventy eight and two scores. I love so Wiley, for- former quarterback, former Texas, uh, he's a Texas transfer. Um, but massive and athletic. He's fun. A uh, big fan. Interesting tight end class. Sliding down the board. Short list, but I think we clearly have to have the J.J. McCarthy conversation here. Uh, really the only guy I want to talk about. I mean, you know, we talked about him last week with him kind of getting, um, you know, the put the reins on him in the, in the Penn State game and took the ball out of his hands. Uh, not so much that this week, but I just, you know, they let him throw 23 times, but it just didn't look good against this Maryland defense that played really well. But I don't know. Like, just feels like the like he's he's losing something at the exact wrong time for this team. Uh, obviously missed, um, I, I thought the worst play was missing uh, Cornelius Johnson deep on that post. That was probably going to be a put-away touchdown. Uh, he was open. He kind of just had to throw it out in front of him. He put it behind him. Johnson hit his hands, but it would have been like an unreal catch. We could have made it. And like I just thought, like even like the consistent stuff, he feels more like he's like this. This game at least was felt a lot more like um, you know last season JJ McCarthy, where you see some potential, but the accuracy's kind of gone backwards a little bit, and the timing and even the deep accuracy's faltering a little bit. Um, so yeah, no, I think this this was a cause for concern game. Clearly, can kind of like erase the last two weeks with a big performance this week, but. Uh, who knows? Who knows where this is going? I, I still think he's quarterback three, but it, it's, I mean, it's it's a big conversation. At this rate, maybe he goes back to school, AJ. I mean, look, I think I think scandal, no scandal. I think there's a real conversation. I would, probably would have been saying that a couple weeks ago, but who knows what the hell this is going to look like. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll go with another quarterback who's been in that quarterback three conversation who I think actually training towards going back to school in that shit or saying. Yeah, who, I think he's going back. He was getting banged up against Washington State because that offensive line cannot protect him. Uh, had two fumbles, went six of ten for 86 yards, eventually was just out of the game. Um, it has been a roller coaster with him. Yeah. And, like... It's like uh, evaluating him as a prospect is hard because there's obvious faults, but also that offensive line is so bad. Yeah, Dion, Dion like, should be in the portal already trying to get every offensive lineman in the country to yeah, come there. To Texas A&M, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, 
Yeah, so I just think it's funny how quickly that, like, oh, look how loaded. Like, we could have six first-round quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. And like we said, I feel like that happens a lot of time, a lot of years, and then slowly just, no, it turns out the two really good ones are still really good, and then after that it's pretty hazy. They, Jane Daniels is back, Jane though. Jane Daniels might be quarterback three, AJ. He, <laughs> right now he would get my Heisman vote. I'm still going Marvin Harrison. I don't care. But, yes, Jane Daniels is special. next. No, Bo, Bo's, Bo's my runner-up, baby. Um, Who else you got? Down the boards. That's all I, I had with JJ. Let's just talk. We, t- we talked about it. The Washington receivers were terrible at Tango Jalen McMillan, who finally got healthy, that one sucks. zero yeah. catches, two drops. Yeah. Jalen Polk had zero catches, three drops. Jalen yeah. Polk was worse than McMillan. Polk's drops were pretty brutal right in the hands. Um McMillan will cut some slack off. He's been out for, what, like six weeks or something like that? Yeah, one of them was bad, but the other one was like kind of a harder catch. But all three Polks hit him right in the hands. I know uh, it was a wet day against Oregon State, and it really just, to me, it more highlights Adunze's ball skills than I agree. Like, these guys being bum prospects or anything. But, yeah, it, it was just like a tough day for those two. I, I'm not saying this in a, in a draft perspective at all, but in a college football perspective, it's been a lot of like – Oh, Penix and his three receivers, you know, and it's been that conversation to me. And this was the week where, like, no, it's Romo Dunze and the other two. No offense to the other two, but Odunze is just that special, in my opinion, right? Um, who else you got? No, I got no one. I just said JJ. I oh, thought okay. it was a, I Barrett know. Carter, I thought, was bad against North Carolina. I know he got two PBUs rushing the passer, but, man, yeah. shit, his run fits were brutal. North Carolina ran for 248. Yeah. Uh, I thought Jeremiah Trotter was a little a lot, iffy too. A lot better uh, than I, I thought Carter. Not, than I thought though. Not not against the run though. Like they're no. both not very good at stacking and shedding, and they're yeah. both um, the run fits are both. Uh, Trotter's really good at spying though, and coming <laughs> yes. away with sacks via yeah. spying. Um, but yeah, Barrett Carter just like I know he a lot of people he's linebacker one. And and I'm not pushing back against that, but man, this is not a good linebacker. Class. I think I think the pushback is just don't take a linebacker this year. Hopefully, yeah, you don't yeah. need one. Yeah. yeah, Jack Campbell's not helping take. Mm, no, not at all. <laughs> and I also put Junior Tafuna down, who um, is a guy who I thought in this IDL class could really help himself because it's not a good IDL class, and mm-hmm. was just like bully around against Arizona. That's a, that's a fair one. That's a good one. My. Or going out of nowhere, who you got? I got, I'll give you two, um, two two skill positions at uh, top ten schools that kind of came. Well, first one came out of nowhere. I thought this week in the Louisville's other running back Isaac uh, Guriendo, who is a big boy, six one two twenty five, looks the part, runs hard, had ninety three yards and a touchdown. They're leading back this week against Miami. Um, the touchdown was kind of easy, but I thought just a lot of like good, solid, hard nose running. A guy that I think is making his name or can make a name for himself, you know, later into the draft and you know potentially have a role as a as a thumping back. Liked him this week and um, Rosemary Jackson, the the Georgia receiver, has been consistently really solid for the, for the Bulldogs the last I don't know five weeks or so. Another really good game, two touchdowns and ninety one yards. Keeps looking really impressive, and I feel like it's kind of surprising you don't hear his name a little bit more. Um, yeah. But no. I, Salt, really solid receiver, and um, yeah, again with his. Obviously, we're going to get to see him uh, three more games probably at Georgia. So, uh, four more games, I should say. And yeah, no, I think I think he looked damn good. I'm going back to Jed Fish's program where there's <laughs> of course so you. much talent. Awesome, and not out of nowhere because we both I think liked him a little bit as a prospect, but out of nowhere in terms of 
Jonah Coleman took over the Arizona backfield this year. I love Jonah and Coleman so much. M- Michael Wiley kind of disappeared a little yeah. bit, but he's been a really good pass catching back for them. Yeah. Then, uh, 68 receiving yards and two scores against Utah. Um, kind of like just a bigger satellite back. He's 215. He's MJD. He the football really well. He's well, MJD. He's a lot taller than MJD. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, um, so I, 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 it was nice to see him getting involved. I, I love Coleman. That's a good one. Uh, Cephas was the guy who made me look stupid. Right. I'm going to stick with the receiver. Speaking of MJD, UCLA's uh, Jamie Gustard event. I, I know we've talked about him, but, like, man, I've ta- I've waxed poetic about Romo Dunze this episode already, and I thought him and Odunze were, like, neck and neck coming into the year in the Pac-12, and I think I even put him over Odunze just, like, kind of give you some hot take on the Pac-12 show, uh, and that looks silly. I-, I-, I really thought he'd be a special dude this year, and I know UCLA's passing attack hasn't been great, and they've been... Going through quarterbacks and uh, Chip Kelly's, you know, got a got a safe job there and everything. But yeah, it's just such a disappointing season. And that's a guy I was so high on that I thought, like, yeah, this is, would be a, top, a first round pick, and has just not lived up. Um, you know, one of the few like big time transfers coming to the year that haven't 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 lived up to it. I think I, I still have high hopes because like me too, but decent year. But you're right, like the opening game of the season, we're like, oh man, yeah. Him and Keon Coleman are both going first round. And then yeah, he hasn't had he hasn't had over sixty yards since. Yeah, that's that's right there. Is it saying enough? Five and has catches like, in his last four games. Yeah, that's that's sorry, six catches. Trend. I shorted him one. That's a bad trend. And like you, you know, it's not like they're missing him over. Uh, he's had opportunities to make plays, and they're he's leaving them on the field. Mm. Um, prospect versus prospect matchup. I I think you're right. Adunze, or sorry, Adunze, uh, Tez Walker and Nate Wiggins is probably the best one. I, I thought watching the Arizona receivers against the Utah DBs was really fun. It's a good um, one, yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I kind of want to, we touch on a lot of the Clemson and, I, I hold on, I want to talk Drake May a little bit, because I, I thought I got like, him somewhere else. Okay, okay, I won't, I won't, I won't talk, wait, where do you got him, the next one? I you know what, it crossed my mind too. You want to just go there? We've we've talked a lot of these yeah. quickly. Rukororo is kind of underrated still, and he's always just yes, balling. He is. Balling. Yes, he is. Yeah, that's what. That's uh, but Drake May prospect who played the box score sixteen of thirty six. Looks bad. That's not very good. Two hundred nine, yeah. a touchdown and a pick. Yeah, man, he made that first one to I think was, was awesome. Tess Walker just bucket drop, and the second one, the touchdown was like. Mm-hmm. One of the best, if not the best, throw I've seen this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, he also had another incredible throw to Tez Walker that Walker couldn't catch. But man, like he is, his ball combo of ball placement and aggressive mindset is just like absurd. Yeah, no, I agree. With, like he was my first pick, and I'm like, oh, let's just talk about the whole, you know, uh, UNC duo there against the Clemson defense. Uh, but no, I think that's a good pick, and it's weird choosing a quarterback for I'll play the box score. You know, you can usually, not I shouldn't say usually, but a lot of times, you know, that tells a story and more than some other positions. But yeah, that that touchdown pass was unreal. Like rolling right, uh, you know, had to fade, like jumping off his back foot essentially, and just drops it 35, 40 yards down the field, like perfectly to his receiver. Uh, I think it was Jones. Um, that was just unreal. And uh, again, super talented Clemson defense, and this. UNC offensive line has not done a good job this year protecting him, and obviously Walker's come on strong. But like, and Hampton's been awesome. But like, it's like a couple dudes just holding up this whole offense, and 
sometimes that's reflected on me but no i thought he was great i thought he i thought he was that was the best like if you show me that stat line that was the best game i think with a stat line like that i've ever seen plus doing some damage like you said with his legs um they also like don't have a lot of like easy answers for me no. offensive feels no. like, like everything's like it's very like pro concepts and stuff but like watching bo nix run the oregon offense i got bo nix for overhyped by the way versus may where it's like may has to make all these intermediate and deep throws yeah yeah and and nix is just throwing like yak plays to his super talented receivers <laughs> he does it well he does it very well but that's yeah. totally totally true um, I, I believe uh or bo nix leads the country in receiving yards yeah uh, or passing yards that are after the, after catch. the catch. Yeah. Uh, and he had 404 and six touchdowns against Arizona State. I didn't even watch this game. I just know he's being overhyped <laughs> if he's in the Heisman combo. And I love Bo Nix. I'm a big Bo Nix fan as a yeah. prospect. I think he's a really interesting day two prospect. Um, but, man, that, I don't know. The way Jaden Daniels is doing it, I know they haven't won as many games, but I don't know. Yeah, for sure. I Hold on. Can I go give you one more box score just to throw it back? Yeah, please. Uh, I, we talked about Michigan. They struggled. The run game wasn't perfect. Um, like, but with Henderson down coming into the game and Miles Hinton getting hurt during the game, the offensive line getting shuffled around. I thought Zach Sinter was just a fucking monster, and he always is. But he's just so damn good. He almost doesn't get enough credit. It just feels like you know, people college football people be like you know the Michigan offensive line, but it's like Zach Sinter and everyone else pretty much honestly. Uh, monster, great player. Um, I'm staying in the Big Ten for my overhyped and similar idea to yours. Where you, you love Bonex. But I, I love I love Trishon Newton. And this is a mock watch one where like I saw ESPN put together a top ten mock, which is a weird concept. And like with a few different writers and contributors and blah blah blah, guys you know you, you like and whatnot. Then Newton go ninth, which I just thought is is rich. I like Rich and I don't see that happening. I'm a I'm a big fan of Newton. He's been awesome this year. But I just I just don't see that happening in this in this I don't know. It, he just, he's just not going to go top 10, I don't think. It's interesting, too, because Kalaja Kansi ends up going 19th, and I think Kalaja Kansi, similar prospect in terms of undersized IDL, but I think Kalaja Kansi was a better player. Newton's a little bigger, but like, yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, Newton more of a 20s and later guy to me, but hey. Um, transfer popped on the scene. We were talking about him. Devontae Walker. Yeah, man. I, he just, I, I know I, I said this already, but he just doesn't get enough credit yet. He will, but not yet. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go with, uh, another receiver. Um, how about, how about, um, Maryland's Caden Prather, the West Virginia transfer who, you know, wasn't like a huge game, but like every time Maryland needed a big play, he was coming down with it. Three catches, 81 yards. Two of those grabs were just like big time catches. Had the, it was called a touchdown on the field overturn. He was down at the one, but just was beating Michigan guys deep. Was making big plays. He's six four two twelve. A big dude. Um, it was fun. It was it was fun to watch and interesting. Interesting to see like if you you know test well and put something together. I think he's got another year of eligibility left if I remember correctly. And a guy with a couple more years of eligibility. I'm going to go with um, SMU running back LJ Johnson. Last week was more of a night in week. This week they went Johnson. He's a Texan M transfer. Mm-hmm. It's only a retro sophomore. Put up 115 yards on the ground. This is a good SMU team, and I thought Former he looks good. Recruit too. Yeah, no, that's inter- very, very interesting, dude. Um, finally, small school guys who got my eye. I got a pair of Pac-12 uh, players who I don't know how big a prospect they are, but 
Um, Interior Brown, the NIU uh, running back, has been awesome this year. Yeah. For Buck 59, two scores against Western Michigan. Bruiser. Uh, and then one of the best, like the best Mac linebacker performance of all time. Joe, uh, Joe Sparacio, Boston College transfer in year two at Eastern Michigan. Had 15 tackles, two and a half TFLs against Akron. Um, Chase Klein, his linebacker partner, had 19 tackles against Akron. <laughs> uh, they're both top five nationally in tackles. Sparacio is like the classic Mac linebacker in that he's like 5'11", 230. That's so sick. And Chase Klein's like 6'4", 245. So no, it's a, little, a little too... Mainstream. Yeah. He's a short, stocky... <laughs> Square-headed linebackers in the MAC, but yeah, just it was really fun to watch them. Uh, I'm going to go to Memphis, which I don't know how small this school is, and I've talked about a couple SMU prospects, but on the other side of the ball, I thought Seth Hennigan, the Memphis quarterback, looked really damn good, and he's been just so consistent at Memphis. Uh, started since the fr- week one of his freshman year, and I think he's got like <clears throat> 28 touchdowns and eight interceptions, like all three seasons are about that. Uh, had a 402 on the uh, through the air this week. They let him just air it out. Couple touchdowns. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think he like really like caught my eye in the summer, but um, I thought it was really impressive. And he's like you know uh, I think like top five in the country in passing, and he's like he looked really good against SMU. And I don't know. He's a fun player. You love Memphis. Uh, I do. Didn't you have? Uh, yep. Paxton you don't have to say it. Top top ten prospect. Yep. Well, I won't say it. Though. No. Who's that other Memphis quarterback? Um, Frick, he had weird height. I don't think was drafted. Had tattoo. I can't. Oh, um, oh no. This is gonna bug me, Rob. I'm sorry. He's a Tennessee transfer. I think he was there when um, Nate Peterman was there too, and Josh Dobbs. Topical. Um, I can picture. I can see his face, and I can't think of his name. Like he ended up on a on a practice squad. Not Brady White, Riley Ferguson. Riley Ferguson, baby. Yeah, I loved Riley Ferguson. That was actually my dude. That's no joke. 